Hello, and welcome to the Clinical Care Options Infectious Disease Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Meredith. This episode features Dr. Trevor Van Schoenebeld as Program Director, and Drs. Emily Heil and Lila Wall-Colburn as expert faculty. Dr. Van Schoenefeld is a professor part of the Division of Infectious Diseases at University of Nebraska in Omaha, Nebraska. Dr. Emily Heil is an associate professor at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy in Baltimore, Maryland. And Dr. Lila Wall-Colburn is an associate professor of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Emory University School of Medicine in Atlanta, Georgia. In this episode, they discuss approaches to managing complex clinical infections involving NDM producing enterobacteriales. For the full online educational program, including downloadable slides, please visit the link in the show notes for this episode. Now let's hear what they have to say about this topic as they start with a patient case. A patient was admitted for trauma after a gunshot wound, had significant bowel injury and required multiple trips to the OR, so not good source control, remains intubated and in continuous uh, ther- dialysis therapy at a flow rate of three liters per hour. So you have him at the usual drugs during the hospitalization. And just as the last patient on hospital day 10, he spikes a temperature and you suspect a ventilator-associated pneumonia. And according to your antibiogram and what, you know, that you have at your hospital, you start uh, with cefepime as, as your first line. And this is a caveat that you should actually look at your antibiogram in your hospital to know what resistance patterns you have in the ICU as well as in the outside the non-ICU wards. On hospital day 14, four days later, uh, the patient continues not doing well, but the mini BL, you know, comes back. And it shows it's eclipsial pneumonia with this resistant pattern where you actually only have susceptibility to astronomatobromycin. This is probably what in a lot of parts of the world and in a lot of ICUs who um, don't have a good uh, antibiotic stewardship program where you're going to select the out for resistance pattern. So let's keep that in mind. And let's think about a little bit about the the different mechanisms that can, can contribute to carbapenem resistance. Remember that the carbapenem resistance is the expulsion of the carbapenems out of the periplasmic space and their entrance. And this is usually mediated by an efflux pump and it's composed of a protein transport. And these efflux pumps use energies to move in and out the drug substance, right? The overexpression of these efflux pumps can expel the carbapenems. And mostly this is going to be the meropenem, and that leads to resistance. And this is what we're seeing with these patients. So other things that you can see is that you'll have quinolone resistance. You'll have your cephalosporins as well as your other beta-lactam resistance. You can, besides the efflux pumps, you can have an enzyme-mediated uh, carbapenem, and that's a beta-lactamase. And that inactivates the carbapenem. So those two mechanisms are the ones that you really want to keep in mind. And in order to classify those beta-lactamases, we use the Ambler classification. It's a classification from the the 80s where we can actually, depending on which part of the beta-lactamase is being affected, you can actually see them. A is your basic penicillinase, which is your KPC. This is also your um, cephalosporins, where you're going to have point mutations like in CHEFs and, and CTX. 
usually you're going to have this more in the enterobacterialis and pseudomonas. Then you're going to have your cephalosporinases, which is your famous AMC producer. The ones that we worry when we have other things is the metallobeta-lactamases, which is the newer ones. And as Emily touched on in the cinetobacter, the OXAS 23 and 48, which is another type of part. The metallobeta-lactamases are the ones that we know them as NDM, and IMIPEN, IMP, and VIM. Usually, these are spread throughout the world, and we can see them throughout. With that, think about how the gram-negative bacteria, now that I told you about those kind of two mechanisms, the efflux pumps and the enzymes kind of work throughout. Some are going to have this carbonase producing, so your enzyme, that's your class A and your class B and your class D, which are going to have your high level of resistance. And then you have the efflux pump where you're going to have this outer part of shuffling back and forth, which is a non-carapenemase producing. And that could be multifactorial, as I, as I explained to you, either by the mechanism where the outer membrane porn is more present or you have more efflux pumps getting things overexpression of the efflux pumps expelling that carbapenem. Usually that will create a more low level of resistance. So that's, it's good to keep that in mind um, when we talk about this in order to know how to do treatments and how much uh, resistance you're going to have. Then you look at the 2023 IDSA guidance. And remember, these are not guidelines, they're guidance and they have kind of changed over the years. Uh, and they will probably continue to change as we get more data and we know. So the CREs, usually you have a KPC, which is identify either the test results are not available or negative. You are, have also identify an NDM or VIM or identify. And then your options of what to treat, right? So you have a CRE and that is going to be one of the beta-lactamases. So you're going to try to use treatment of ceftazidime, abibactinum plus astronym, or uh, here is where cefdirical actually does work um, compared to the other ones and not in a cinetobacter, but in enterobacterialis. So if you're going to have an NDM, a VIM, or IMP, you are really going to be looking at using ceftaz, abi plus astronym, or in the second case, cefdirical. If those are not available, you can use tegacycline or rivaricycline with the caveat, again, that you're not want to do this when they're bacteremic. These are great for soft tissue infection or intra-abdominal abscesses, but not for bacteremias because you don't, are not getting high levels of the tetracycline in the blood. Okay. Remember also tetracyclines usually don't go through the uh, kidney. And so you really are not going to use this for urinary tract infections or pyelonephritis because they don't concentrate really well. When you had the case that we had there, you had only susceptibility to, to astronaut and tobramycin. That's when you pick up the phone or you go down to the micro lab and you ask them that you actually want something more. Some, if you have molecular testing, which actually can help you, there's some new platforms that are coming can tell you if they detect a KPC, IIMP, a VIM, an NDM, or an OXA48. So if it's if it's, it detects, for example, a class B of your metallobeta-lactamases like NDM or VIM, you're already looking at trying to use CEFTI, AVI plus astronym or CEFTIRACLE. You can ask for susceptibilities. 
this comes as an e-test and it is going to tell you here it is susceptible to it. To discuss this case, I'm going to bring up Trevor and Emily so they can help us dissect how they would treat this patient that we had here. I guess I'll go first with Trevor. How will you treat this patient? Yeah, this is a challenging case, right? These NDM and I think the ones I've treated in the past, uh, we don't see a lot of NDM, but have typically used a combination of aspirin with ceftazavi. We haven't used a lot of sifteracol and we haven't seen a lot of NDMs, fortunately, which is great. Uh, but where we have, that's typically what we've done. How about you, Emily? I think there's a couple of considerations here where I would use my pharmacist to help me. Um, this patient is in the ICU with continuous uh, renal replacement, and I'm worried about what's going to happen with with my medicine, my uh, drugs going into the system. Yeah, I'm with Trevor. I think I would favor the uh, combination of ceftazimabibactam plus astrinium, and that's just due to the totality of data. We're still don't have just quite as much data with cefiteracol here yet, and I am personally cautious in using cefiteracol as a monotherapeutic agent in general. So I like the ceftazim avi bactam astrinium combo. I think it can be hard to sell people on because, as you mentioned, it's not necessarily something your lab's going to be able to test for unless they've implemented the new CLS-IREX, and so you have to get people to trust you that they are going to work well in in combination. But as you mentioned, there's some administration strategies that you have to think about here. You really want to be giving them simultaneously, and I would suggest building some sort of order panel at your institution so that you can make sure that they are timed to be going in at the same time. They can be Y-side administrated uh, together. Um, and then there are some renal dosing recommendations to make sure that you're still getting adequate exposure, which uh, we'd have to consider in our critically ill patients, especially on CRT. Perfect. I guess both of you will go with Ceftas Avi plus Astronam. I've used Cefterical and I agree. I would not use it as a monotherapy. I've gotten a lot of getting resistant very much, but usually use it more for a chromobacter in our transplant patients in lungs, especially cystic fibrosis. All right, let's go from here and let's continue to the next part. Thank you, Trevor and Emily. As our faculty uh, said, Ceftas, Abibactin, and Astroman against metallobetalactamate produces enterobacterial is actually the option you would go with here. And we actually have very good data. This came out on a CID of 2020 and, and Jack in 2020 as part of a prospective study where you, you look at evaluating metallobetalactamases and enterobacterialis in blood, bloodstream infections. We had about 82 NDMs and about 20 VIMs compared to other active antibiotics. So the arm was fairly low, and what they look as primary outcome is what we always look for, lower 30-day mortality, clinical failure, and shorter length stay as a secondary outcome. So if you look at your primary outcome of 30-day mortality, you had a lower mortality with the ceftas avi astronym arm compared to the other one, as well as lower clinical failure rates. And as Emily told us, is you want to actually infuse both over simultaneously, and it is an extended infusion over three hours. So you want to actually put them both together, not one sequentially, but both at the same time in order to have that synergistic effect to actually help. You can see here that 
they do have different dosing. One is a Q8 hour, Ceftef Abbey's Q8, and Astronom is Q6. Uh, you want to, you know, time it over three hours. Uh, this is where you talk to your ICU because you're going to have kind of a dedicated line for this. So you, you're really going to have um, good um, access. And you want to give them simultaneously um, to this. And as I always, I involve my pharmacist um, during that, as well as the critical care personnel. So the data of Astronym Abbey back then, so new things are coming out. And instead of using that combinations, uh, they decided to use the Astronym and the Abbey back then. That's why we're doing Ceftas Abbey, because we wanted that inhibitor there. So you're using those. There's phase three studies. The assembled study came out. And you can see that in the ID week 2023, APSRA 262, where we have assemble and revisit. The revisit is the randomized multicenter phase three study evaluating astronym AVI plus ceftacity uh, uh, plus meropen and plus minus colistin. And so the endpoints are the same thing, clinical cure, and instead of a 30-day mortality, is a 28 mortality intra-abdominal infections versus hospital-acquired pneumonia or ventilator-acquired pneumonia. As you can see on the blue, everything did better with the astronym AVI group compared to the meropenem colistin group. So the patients with metallobeta positive cultures had a clinical cure achieved two of the seven, so it's still small groups, but they did much better than the other one. Um, the assembled studies are randomized multicenter phase three study evaluating astronym AVI uh, for treatment of metallobeta producing gram negative, and the cure rate was of astronym AVI was 41% compared to the best available therapy, which is BAT, uh, which was 0%. The credible CR and the APEX MP is where we use Cephtherical. So in the last two, I hopefully. Proof to yourself that using a combination of astronym, AVI back then, or Ceftas, AVI, astronym, AVI is the way to go for metallobeta lactamase. If not, your second choice is, is what we're going to see here is with Cephtherical. This was a randomized multicenter phase three controlled trial. We had pooled data from different infections. We had monotherapy with Cephtherical, and this is the point that Emily was making. It was found to be effective with against a better treatment at that time, opposed to high-dose meropenem. But if you look at the clinical cure, septirical had 70%, microbiology eradication 58%, and the 28-day mortality was much better with septirical at 12.5, and that is the blue part. For your NDMs producing E. coli, which have a can beta lactamase resistance, so this is another thing that we can see, is that we can have them that is resistant to that. We did have a first clinical case in the U.S. with an NDM producing E. coli, resistant to cefterical and ceftacidine avibactam, actually looking very much those difficult to treat pseudomonas. And this is a patient that traveled to India. So going back to the data that Trevor pointed out, where we're going to find these NDMs, it's going to be globally. You have to look at hotspots of, of resistant patterns. They modified, they looked, they had modified BP3, they had iron binding protein, and they had a blast CMY gene. You can see that the susceptibility is here below. So newer drugs like cefepine, terobactam, cefepine, cedibactam, omeropen, and serobactam were actually things that could be considered in this patient. And if you want to look at this, it was in the open form infectious disease as a, as a case report.
And so take some take-home points series, probably something that we're seeing more and more is probably going to be our second nature more. There's several mechanisms of resistance, like I explained, either efflux pumps or enzymes. Uh, CRA treatment is driven by carbapenemase present, so that enzyme part. Testing might be unavailable, negative. Look at to treat KPC unless patients with risk factors for other things. Treatment preferred, according to the guidance, is Ciftas, Abby plus Astronam, or Cephtherical. Thank you very much to our faculty and thank you to our listeners for joining in. To hear more episodes from this session on complex clinical infections involving gram-negative organisms with antimicrobial resistance, see the link in the show notes. And please be sure to check back for more episodes on important infectious disease topics. Thank you and have a great day. Bye.